Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome to the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast, take three. Um, we've tried this twice before and have screwed up twice. So we just decided we to not me. into the opening kickoff. Not me. Yeah. Well, no, we did. And then you you made me redo it no, anyway. Sir. We messed up before. Well, I messed up before the opening kickoff. Oh, a good day. We're having fun. That's, that's all that matters. Um, you got me, Alex. Um, you got me act. sick with a cold, and I'm just glad we're here together because this is the third time we're doing it. So let's go. No matter, no matter what, this one's staying. Um, thanks for uh, listening wherever you find your podcast, watching on YouTube and Sastel Max TV on demand. We appreciate it. We have a lot to get to, and before we do, you can find us on X. At Piffles Pod, I'm at Real Alex D. I'm at Safamod. And as always, I do not need nor want your pity follows at Greg on Sports. Piffles Podcast, of course, brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Uh, check us out on Facebook as well. And uh, of course, the website pifflespodcast.com. Um, I'm having a really good day, guys. I, I was in a really, really good mood uh, going into today. And then a lot of rider stuff happened. And I think that's where we're going to start the show. Let's get to the opening kickoff. All right. So today started out like any other day. Went to work. It's a good day. Having a, having a good day. Uh, checking the phone every once in a while. Got the official word that uh, Anthony Lanier did sign one-year contract with the Riders. We were wondering about what was going to happen with the D-line. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but things kind of just went out the window, and the last few hours of my day have been... people. My phone's blown up, honestly. Um, it was announced that, uh, by Justin Dunk. It was, it was reported by Justin Dunk um, that Michael Ball is out as the rider play-by-play voice now i didn't really want to get into this you guys were the ones that kind of talked me into actually doing this because we kind of have to right it's 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 the elephant in the room yeah and and to be fair our seven listeners probably are wondering how we're feeling right now well i'm doing okay thank you yeah, yeah, thank you. And my, my basement is still here, so we're fine. And I, I, I there will be I, there will be no grave dancing. I know there's probably people expecting us to grave no, dance. One, I haven't stretched. I have not stretched. So I do not need to <laughs> grave dance right now. And honestly, nobody on YouTube needs to see you dancing. No. Or Sastel Max. No, no one wants to see that. No. I, I understand. No. Thing things that people need to understand. Michael Ball did not lose his job. He still has a job with Harvard Broadcasting. Yes. Has he lost a portion of his duties that include his 
time on the rider broadcast, yes, that is gone. He will still be on the sports cage after a bit of a hiatus, but that's where he is going to be from now on. And to be fair, he does a very good job at that. I mean, if you look at it, his, his job in media, especially with sports cage is to create conversation and create link or create chaos. And, and he does that very well. I don't think anybody here can argue that. He, he does that role. You're right. Very, very well. So what people are asking me, what happened? What happened? What happened? Well, I don't think it's any one thing that happened. Um, I'll lay out some facts for you guys. And I don't want to get too deep into it. I worked for Rolco Radio for 10 years. I know the inner workings of radio, especially in Regina, just a little bit. That said, I haven't been around in there for the last year and a half, so I'm not privy to things that are going on right now. I still talk to people, but I don't know everything that's going on right now, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I do. Michael Ball was hired by a program director for this gig, host of the Sports Cage, Voice of the Riders, by someone who's no longer employed by Harvard media that program director got replaced and his replacement is no longer that person and that person was also replaced the original pd that gave him the job loved him harvard loves him that's why he's still there he's been there for 25 plus years he'll be there for a while he's going to be still doing his show all that kind of stuff craig reynolds isn't the biggest michael ball fan I'm not going to get into a lot of details here, but the writers didn't have final say in who the play-by-play voice is because it isn't a writer employee position. It's a Harvard employee position. I think this was a step with the writers wanting to make it their position. So whether that was renegotiating the contract, whether this is just a new program director, for CKRM just kind of following suit and and wanting to keep Craig Reynolds happy. I don't know. But I think this is a step. And we've talked about this on the show before where we think the writers will go in-house with their broadcasting and probably still set like do everything their way. They control everything. And then they'll just sell that broadcast to Harvard. I think that's still in play. And this is just one more step towards it. We need to also think that, yeah, they're going to follow the Hamilton model. That's for sure. Yes, but and and we're not, and I'm not talking out of school. I know for a fact, uh, uh, John Frazier, a good friend of mine, a friend of ours, all of us actually, fellow meatball, if you well, will, acquaintance, yeah, acquaintance, friend, yeah. yeah, okay, fellow me anyway, fellow meatball. Unless he can get um, me Joey Joey Chestnut's um, autograph at the upcoming Rush game, because if he can do that, I'll call him my friend. I I, I will I will make that request for you, just for you. <laughs> I could also text him but, myself. But but John John talked about it on the Three Down Greencast. He was like, the writers were cold calling people, trying to get other people inserted into the mix because they were not fans of Michael Ball. And that's fair, but like you said, it wasn't not their call. And John had 
uh, several conversations with people high up in the riders trying to get him in to apply to be the voice of the voice of the riders. Whether or not he will this time around, I don't know. That's his call, and we're not going to speculate who's going to get it. That's not fair to anyone. But the riders were not a were not on the Michael Ball bandwagon, and I don't think they ever were. And I think if you sit back, like just look at the reaction that came out today when the news came out, that reaction should more or less take away any of the personal thoughts you have on on Michael Ball or the position. That reaction should give you a glimpse into why the writers probably want to make this move. He's not popular. He's not. He's not. I don't know if well liked is the right word, but it's very clear he's he's built up a lot of animosity in the CFL fan fan base, and it came out in huge levels today. Ballsy's very polarizing. He has his fans, he has his supporters, and they will go to bat for him. We've learned that very well. He also has very loud detractors that were, yes, they were doing the full two-step hustle on his grave today. So, yes, he lost his dream job. Uh, Mark Johnson put, 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 put that out today. The man lost his dream job. Yep. And I will argue it could have been a lot worse. He still has a job. I'm, I'm assuming a very well-paid job hosting the sports cage. The sports cage is a staple of Regina Radio. So he still has his voice. He still has some sway in the market. He just will not be the play-by-play of the riders anymore. It could be. No, even though he wasn't a Saskatchewan Rough Riders employee, he still represented them. And that's to me where the issue was. Um, I think he's right because he says this all the time that – like social media is a cesspool and, and he's not wrong on that. Cause I, I no do problem. agree with him on that. Oh yeah. That said, he was the one that was constantly arguing with fans, arguing with CFL players over nothing. And that look reflects on the riders, whether rightly or, or wrongly, it reflects on the riders. And the team has gone through two very bad seasons where the outlook you know, from the outside is bleak and there's a lot of negative negativity uh, surrounding the team the last couple of years. The team needed to get away from that. This is one way that they can do that. And when you look at what's coming in 2024 with the, I mean, we're excited about Corey Mace. I know a lot of the fans are excited about Corey Mace and the rest of the coaching staff. You want to keep that positivity up, right? And to associate yourself with someone who is that polarizing probably isn't the best thing for business. So it's, and, and it Balls, was, it was and time, wrong, I guess. Ballsy was the ultimate Homer too. Like, and like everyone talks about Roddy being the ultimate Homer. So was Ballsy, but Ballsy was not as political. Like he was out there on broadcast saying the game was rigged. He was calling out the commissioner. Like at some point, the CFL also going to be like, "You're not getting Randy. You're not yeah. if if you keep on doing this." So, I and I, I get it. I do. Like you need like Roddy on our show after his time at CK around basically said he had to start picking the riders to go eighteen and zero because if not, he was getting like hate mail. So I understand that aspect of it, but you still need to understand 
your audience is not just that diehard rider fan audience. Your audience is the entire league. And unfortunately for Ballsy, he just could not separate that for He wasn't terrible. And I, I, I remember when he got the job, I was the only one that could speak about it because you worked for the competition. And I, I, I hoped he grew into the job. I wanted him to grow into the job. I wanted him to be good at the job because I knew how much it meant for him. And the guy but loves the get three down game. Like he like, does, like growing are... the game. His podcast, growing the game. Yeah. Like he, like as as a Regina, Th- someone on the Regina Thunderboard, he pushes that game from junior football to U sports to grassroots. Absolutely. The dude loves the game. Yes. It's this job was not made for him. It the bubble was too much. They talk about the the bubble being on the quarterback, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The play by play voice is just as bad especially when you host a daily radio show. So separating those two jobs is probably the best thing for everybody. So we'll leave it at that. The riders are going to need a new play-by-play voice. Um, We're not going to, again, we're not going to speculate. I have some thoughts on who it could be a couple names, but that's like you said, Greg, that's not fair to anybody. So we're not even going to bother doing that. And three man booth. Let's, let's do like Monday night raw. (laughs) Oh, isn't it just two now on Monday Night Raw? Isn't it just Pat McAfee it, and... Oh, it is. It is Michael Cole and Pat McAfee as of okay, this past Monday. Out. That is right. Let's go! Anyway. Um, anyway, moving on. More writer stuff. Um, I just want to mention off the top here, too, about uh, my Jim Hobson interview that I did. Um, mentioned last week on the show. Very that, good, by the way. I meant uh, to tell you that. But... I'm not going to say thank you because it wasn't me. That was all Jim. Um, he told some great stories um he gave us a a health update hopefully you guys can go out and take it was 30 minutes there's nothing cut out of that at all that's everything that that i talked to him about um gave a health update uh for those that don't know jim hobson uh has been battling stage four colon cancer since april of 2021 did 46 chemo treatments and has decided to stop doing the treatments um, and focus on the quality of life that he has left Um, so it was very, it was, it's hard to ask somebody about that. Um, and I think he handled it with such grace and, and just exactly like Jim Hobson does, you can tell that he's still upbeat. You can tell he's, you know, he is genuine and, and thankful for all the support that he's getting from Ryder Nation. He told me that his phone just, it's, it's, it's not stopping right now, uh, between interviews and just, he mentioned in the interview guys that he hasn't talked to in 40, 50 years or re- finding his number, calling him, reaching out to him, wishing him the best and just goes to show how loved he is. Um, but shared some great stories about playing with Ronnie and George, um, him on uh, kick kickoff coverage. Um, but my favorite was uh, him turning down Mick Jagger's after party um, <laughs> because he was too tired. Why? Just I don't care. <laughs> I right? don't care. Take a Red Bull. I don't care how old you uh, are. You Bill, go to that party. You they'll have stuff that at that party, party to keep you awake, okay? Um, <laughs> but um, it was 30 minutes with, with Jim Hobson. So it's on uh, It's on the podcast. It's on... Uh, it will um, be on our YouTube uh, shortly. Um, it's the link's up on, on the Max. Web. Try, yeah. Trying to get that on Max as well. So. Yeah, the link uh, link is up on the on the website as well too. I'll make sure we we push that out every once in a while because uh, 
Jim just shared, shared some great stories that I think a, a lot of Rider Nation would love to hear. So, um, Jim, I know you said you only had, what, a few months. Your goal was to see to make it to the home opener. Jim, we will see you there. We will see you at that home opener, and they're going to win for you. I, that, that's... And I cannot wait to not have my butt in the seat when uh, they show them on the big screen. Oh, my goodness. That place is going to – that that building does not exist without Jim Hobson. Yeah. No. We always talk about how Darian is the reason why we have new mosaic. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it started well before him with, with Jim Hobson and what he did to that team. So he deserves the, the biggest standing ovation and celebration that anybody could get in that building. And that's well, why both me, those two men are on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> he said in that interview uh, I did with him was um, he, when he got the job as it was the first president and CEO before it was the board of directors that ran the team. Yeah. When he first got that job, he said, we're going to win great cups, multiple great cups. And people looked at him like, uh, what? Uh, do you know where you are? Uh, we don't do that here. And sure enough, not too long after he took over, they were in multiple great cups, winning multiple great cups. Uh, so that building out there, that's uh, that's the house that Jim built. Uh, so Jim, we'll see you at that uh, at that stadium for the home opener. And I know they're going to win that one for you. Now onto the on the field stuff, which is uh, what we planned on talking about when we came in here today, um, doing the show this week. And we'll start like we have the last couple of weeks, talk about some of the re-signings that the Riders have had. None bigger this week than defensive lineman Anthony Lanier. Uh, it's a one-year deal. Uh, Dan Ralph of uh, Canadian Press um, hinted that it, was he was going to be one of the top paid D linemen in the league? Um, he was one of the top paid defensive players he last was year. Top, of course, he was the top paid defensive lineman last year, was he not? Uh, top paid defensive lineman, but top two or three just defensive players. Um, when the guy's healthy, absolute beast and it is worth the money because the havoc that he can create from both the defensive tackle and the end position is. There's not many in the league that can do it. The problem is that the guy's got to stay healthy. I mean, you could say that about literally any player in the league, right? But Lanier this year, more than any, I think needs to stay healthy. On the, you, you mentioned it. He went from being the, the highest paid player in the league to one of. So it's no question he took a bit of a pay cut. But I'm really hoping a lot of that salary is not tied up in a signing bonus. Because his health is the biggest concern. There's no question. I don't think anybody can argue that. That's That's been the problem the last couple of seasons. If he stays healthy, he's right up there as a top D, DLI, or defensive lineman in the league. No question. If it comes between him or Robertson, I'm glad we signed him. Yep. And probably the happiest person is the person who t films those karaoke videos. Because <laughs> it's always going to be Anthony Lanier. Always. Dude can sing. He loves country music too. Dude knows every lyric. Like every time it comes to those things, I'm like, take Lanier. Always yep. take Lanier. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, well, with the Riders' needs going into free agency, they entered, you know, the last couple of weeks with no returning defensive linemen starter starters under contract. You have Lanier under contract now, which is a big one. Uh, if they can pair him up with uh with Micah Johnson, if they're able to re-sign him. And you find, you know, Brian Cox Jr. or uh, Christian Albright, Lake Corte Moore, um, whoever else the Riders are going to have at 
defensive end. They've never had a problem finding defensive ends, so I'm sure we'll have a good a good one there. Uh, on the other end, I'm not going to be too worried about that D line, though. I still think they're missing one piece, and that'll come up a little bit later here in the show. Um, and the other one, uh, re-signing that they that they had was uh, a one-year deal deal for Canadian defensive back Nelson Lacombo. And this one was interesting to me before I give my thoughts on it. What did you guys think of Nelson Lacombo's one-year deal? Well, I'm going to steal your point. This is a show me contract. Damn it. <laughs> like, he, he, he's going to let me go first. He, I'm going to take his point. No, it is. It, 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 yeah. Lacombo's got all the talent in the world. He's got all the skills. The, the guy was invited to NFL camps. And he has not shown... I'm not saying he hasn't shown anything, but he has not shown to the potential that everyone thought he was going to be. This is the year he needs to get it together. Cause if not, he's just going to be another rotational Canadian somewhere, maybe here, but he's not going to be that star. Everyone thought he was going to be. He's the Jordan Cisco of defensive backs. Wow. Come on. He's a little bit better. Right. Than Jordan Cisco. That depends. Wow. How good can he plank? <laughs> Wow, that's a name. A little, Francisco. a little harsh. You're gonna call him the Terrence Nunn next? Come on, let's uh, let's give him a little bit of credit. He's he's got the talent. He's he can do it. He's got to stay on the field. There's there's not really much else to it. He needs to stay healthy and he needs to actually show the talent that got him those looks. And what else? There's not really anything else you can say to that. So, I guess we're both gonna kind of steal your point. Well, I'm I'm curious as to where he is going to line up in the defensive backfield uh, come training camp. Are they going to put him at safety? Because if they do, he's number three on the depth chart. He's not passing Dalkey and Ford. Um, I know. What they if you move Dalkey down to linebacker? You could, yeah. I, that's what. That's what. That's after our show last week. I was thinking, replace tights with Dalkey. Move Dalkey closer to the line of scrimmage. I think that will pay off. But he's still number two behind Ford. Yeah, I never thought of that. That's not a bad idea, especially if they want to keep that uh, that Will linebacker spot a Canadian spot as well, too. Um, but Nelson Lacombo, they they had he has started games at corner, um, and he actually in his uh, interview with Rob Vanstone uh, for Riderville.com, uh, said it was so Corey Mace made it easy to sign here, and the team made it easy to sign here, and he's looking forward to getting into that Corey Mace defense so that gives me that little bit of hope that hopefully him and josh bell know what to do with a guy like nelson lacombo because again all the talent in the world gotta stay healthy and if they can even if he's a rotational player that's fine you need a lot of that you're gonna see a lot of that again this year rotation in the linebackers defensive backs you're not gonna be playing 100 percent of the snaps you're gonna be playing you know 60 70 percent uh a lot of the times and you're going to see guys coming in and out. So I like the depth signing because it does give the team depth. I hope that this is the year that he really breaks out because if he doesn't, like I was going to say, uh, it's a prove it, prove it year. Um, and, and if he, if he doesn't, if he gets hurt again or just doesn't, then I think after this year, you have to walk away. I know you want to, you know, give your Canadian players a little bit of leeway when it comes to, you know, before you say goodbye to them kind of thing. But 
I think at this point, if he doesn't do anything this year, it's time to move. I, I think the biggest thing, if you look back at the 2023 or 2022 Argos, the biggest thing that stood out for their defenses for me was it didn't matter who was coming in or out at any point. They were absolute all-stars on the field. And if Mace and Josh Bell have faith that Lacombo can step into that role, at this point, any defensive signing they make, I'm going to be two thumbs way, way up because I have that much faith in in who they they have on staff to to mold this defense into what we've really come to expect in Rider Nation. Like we've we've spent a lot of years celebrating a lot of solid defensive teams, but that's kind of gone by the wayside lately. I, I'm hoping Mace and Bell can bring that back. That's a lot of fun. Uh, a couple other signings the team had defense back CJ Colden and linebacker Zacoby McLean. Uh, McLean out of Auburn. Uh, so I know Belton Johnson is going to love that SEC school. So uh, those, <laughs> those kids in the SEC, they know how to play. Um, so if this guy can, uh, there's opportunity at linebacker right now, the way I look at it. So any of the SEC is new- a secondhand division. I know Belton doesn't listen, so I feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> the one time he listens, he's going to hear this. He's got my personal number. He can call me. It's fine. Uh, I want to so see him more. survive. I want to see McLean survive just because of his nickname, the Ricochet Rabbit. That's just that's just fun. Like that's, that's Along with a, a bunch of the, the awesome names we've signed lately, I want to see guys that have the most entertaining nicknames to go with their names that they've Cause I want to, I want to interview him. Like, I want to know how that became your name. I know the story's out there, but I want to hear it from him. How did you become the ricochet rabbit? Yeah. We'll mark that down. If he makes the team, we'll get him on. We'll, we'll ask him about it. We'll find a way. Next thing you know, he's selling bunny ears at the writer store. <laughs> yes, please do. They need to do stuff like that. Why was there the US, UFL, the USFL and XFL merger league? Um, had their super draft a couple weeks ago, whatever. Um, But KD Cannon was uh, one of the receivers signed. Hashtag once a writer. Whichever team. Yeah. (laughs) Why was that not a thing? Why wasn't there a KD Cannon shooting out macaroni and cheese at Mosaic Stadium? Why wasn't there, you know, stuff? Please market that kind of stuff. Go, Go back. I mean, we can go on to marketing all we want, but do that. That stuff's fun. AJ Ouellette has the the Thor hammer. Get a green one. Put AJ's, well, maybe don't put AJ's hammer on it, but you, you put something on it. Put something clever on there. And wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, you're not restarting. <laughs> nope, um, not now. Put, put something, put something there. You know, have fun with it though, right? And don't get me wrong, the, the riders being a step behind is the reason why we raised a lot of money for Nick Q. So, yep. hey, hey, if I got to sell bunny ears next year, I will gladly sell bunny ears for charity. Let's do it. So, find a guy with a good nickname, sign him, make some money. That's that's what the team should be doing. Okay, I told you guys to do some homework. Um, we're going to do that this week because the negotiation window opens on Sunday. I think it's at 11 a.m. Saskatchewan time. I think it's at what? Ed Hervey window. Ed Hervey Ed window. Ed Hervey window. Yeah, sorry. Um, and then free agency opens on February 13th. So teams will have one week to talk to players of other teams, pending free agents. They can offer them contracts. And if they do, 
it's a it's considered binding by the CFLPA. Yep. So if the player's like, okay, well, you let's say the Argos offered Jake Dolagala something. Jake goes back to Calgary. They come back and say, well, we're only going to offer you this. He can go back to the Argos and get that money over there. Because that is basically a registered binding contract offer. So um, they, they can't should be an interesting they, week coming up in the yeah. Ed Hervey window. Yeah. Yeah, like they, they can't your, back away. Your lot. Um, so... Oh, uh, I think I'm falling yeah, behind here. Anyway, it's fine. Good old technology. Uh, yeah, Jeez. no, they they can't they can't back they they can't back off the contracts. So whatever they offer, they have to honor. So you don't have a team going. We'll pay you five hundred thousand dollars to be our starting quarterback, and then all of a sudden Dolgo goes, "Okay, well I'm negotiating with Calgary over here, but Hamilton's telling me this," and then goes over. He's like, "Well, actually, we can only afford like two fifty two ish." So. There, there's a reason why they need to do that. So, because if not, it'd just be wild. But we still need pe- someone to camp out at the Regina Airport, telling us whatever players are coming in. Because you know, there's going to be stadium tours to I show off you, the jewel. It. I'll do it. You pay my wages for a week. I'll sit outside. I'll, I'll right on the tarmac. <laughs> I'll see who comes up. How much money do to not make fruit trays? Mm, yeah. I don't do that. Oh, okay. Um, okay, but anyway, I want to know, now that the Riders can, on Sunday, start officially, officially, wink, wink, talk to pending free agents, who do the Riders need to sign in free agency? We know that there's some holes on this team. We have some names that we'd love to see them go after. Who do they need to sign? Who's going first? Jump in first. I want to know who you think I was because before the show, you said you know for sure who my first pick is. I Um, want to know if you have him. Well, I was going to say Steve's favorite quarterback, Chris Stravler, but then I realized that he actually is just a free agent. Um, He would not be on my list. So that would not be it. Um, I'm going to guess Brady Oliveira. Number one on my list. Yeah. Canadian, you have the, we talked about it, have the backup with uh, Bertrand Houdon. Mm-hmm. And guy was, I mean. They're they're obviously setting themselves up to year. go for a number one running back. And now you have Brady out there, you have AJ out there, and now you have William Stanback out there. Kadeem Carey's out there too. Kadeem Carey's out there. I think James I, Butler's I really, a free agent too. Uh, actually, he tweeted something very ominous the other day. Now that I think yeah. about it. So yeah, there's this is going to be a wild run on running backs this year. I think the Riders are definitely kicking the tires on AJ and Brady, and maybe William Stanback and maybe Kadeem Carey. I think they're going to target two of those four and hope they get one. Well, one of but those Brady definitely made A1. number one on my list, and it's neither AJ Willette or Brady Oliveira. And this one is specifically because I have I'm a bit of a homer. But I want to see them sign William Stanbeck because we need a standout UCF Knight alumni. We haven't had a good one since Keith Scholigan, and it's about damn time. So he's he's number one just for that. But honestly, Brady Oliveira is the obvious choice for 
for number one. I don't think you can look anywhere else. It, it's the passport. But when it comes to contract, he's going to cost a quarter of a million dollars. Mm-hmm. AJ Willette being an American, you're going to get a discount there. And I think they're fairly even. And I would put Willette above. Just based on that. So in the real list, Willette makes it. He's not number one I, on my I, list, but AJ Willette's on my top five list. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I would like William Stanback as well. Primarily because I want to use my favorite gift, but now in today's current uh, society, I don't think I can anymore. Probably don't use a Vince McMahon gif. No. Great song back in the day, though. Just play Great the Macho Man, or Macho Man playing uh, the saxophone, right? There you go. Is that what it was? Hogan playing the guitar? Yeah, the, yeah Hogan Bruce playing the Carter bass. On, uh, on uh, saxophone as well? Yeah. 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 yeah, the, the entire horn section. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to zone out while you guys go back to wrestling talk. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> I, I honestly think like, if you're worried about ratio, Brady's an every down back. I And yes, I would like AJ. I would like to stand back, but I, Brady's my guy. Um, I'm going to go with one other name on offense in my top five. Um, and I'd love to see him paired in the receiver group with Sean Bain Jr. I really hope the Riders are able to keep Sean Bain Jr. And I've said before, that I think the Riders have a lot of number two receivers. They need an alpha. He's not one now, but I think he could be, given the opportunity. I would love to see the team get DeMonte Coxey from the Argos. If you compare He's- him with Sean Bain Jr. and you have KSB, Sam Emelis, uh, Mitch Pickton in there, Jareth Stearns, if any of the other you know American receivers, maybe it's uh, Geronimo, uh, former Green Bay Packer, right? Whoever it is, I, I, I like the idea of, of that starting five. I think there's a lot of potential there. And I think Coxie could be that number one guy down the line. And I think he'd come cheaper than than a lot of the big time big name receivers because there's a guy like Dalton Schoen who's out there, and I, I'm a big fan of Dalton Schoen. But the mm-hmm. fact that he's going to be close to, if not over three hundred thousand dollars, you can get hopefully both Coxie and Bain for three hundred thousand dollars or close to that anyway. I'd rather go with that than than go after Schoen. When I think if you're looking at spending big bucks on a free agent, I did originally have Dalton Schoen as the number two guy on my list, but that that price tag is what took him off, just like it took Brady Oliveira off. If you're going to throw that kind of money around, the more obvious spot to throw money would be on the defensive side of the ball and a guy that uh, Corey Mace knows real well and is probably going to be the highest paid defensive player in the league, Sedarius Pickett. And he deserves every dollar of that contract. Yeah, he's on my list. I think we all have Pickett on our list. That's why I wanted to pick it first. (laughs) Aha. Boo. Boo. Um, But the funny thing about Pickett, though, is uh, he's posting out there, where should I sign? Where should I sign? I've replied to him a few times, say, you look pretty damn good in green and white. And there goes that little like notification. Um, So who knows? Maybe there's something there. Um, But... I mean, the guy. I, I, honestly, out of everyone on my list, I think Pickett's most likely to sign here. I hope so. Uh, what was I think it was Farhan Lalji said that he expects yep. him to sign with Toronto. Um, 
I hope there's a Farhan was wrong on this one because uh, he would be excellent in green and white as kind of the, the anchor of Corey Mace's defense here in Saskatchewan. Uh, also on defense, the Riders have an opening at cornerback right now. Why not not go too far away with what you know, Jamal Peters from the Argos. He's on my list. I legit did not take a defensive back on my list. Like I, I, I like Peters. I, I do. I don't think our I don't think our defensive backfield has as many holes as a lot of people think. Roland Milligan coming back, but yeah, he Peters would definitely be great. Um I'm worried about the defensive line. That's why I have Jackson Jeffcoat on my uh, on my list. That'd be great. I, 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 no, nothing would louder. make me feel better to take a player from the Bombers. Nothing yeah. would make me feel better. And word came out today that uh, Jeffcoat's definitely hitting free agency. Yeah. Uh, whether or not he signs in Winnipeg still is to be determined. But I've I've heard from people out of Winnipeg that they're going to re-sign all of their free agents, and none of them are going to be wearing other colors because that's what they do. But I think this is the offseason that Winnipeg fans are in for a rude awakening. Because they're, they're going to see some of their big name guys walk out the door. Because there comes a point where you cannot afford all these guys. And don't get me wrong. like Winnipeg, we, we said this last year. Winnipeg signed all their free agents. Well, most of the free agents last year. But they were an older team because of it. Like You can't sign everybody every year because... Guys get older. They lose a step. I think Jeff Coat on a, is still going to be a very productive player next year, and I would love to see him in Ryan Agree. Okay, well, I have uh, a defensive lineman as well. Someone that I think flew under the radar last year has a potential to be really, really good. And again, I'm my top five is all Toronto Argonauts. Why not? Right? They have, I mean, we're taking their head coach. They just won the Grey Cup last year, had a record-tying year this year for wins. Great defense over there. It's not the defensive lineman that most people would think. In Sean Oakman has that, you know, big, tall frame. I think he's more of a Chris Jones guy than he is, uh, you know, a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Um, Dwayne Hendricks at defensive tackle. This is this is one of those off the board picks. You're like, oh, okay, like, but yeah, it makes sense. Uh, he would like be said, last year. Last year it was Sean Bain for me that I was like, I really like this signing. This is going to be a good one. And a lot of people were saying he wasn't going to make it through training camp, and he ended up being our best receiver. That's kind of how I feel about Dwayne Hendricks. If the Riders are to sign him. He has sneaky potential to be one of the best defensive linemen in the league. And if uh, he does that in green and white, I'd be all that much happier. I'm, I'm going to say is- this right now. If if that's your Sean Bain of this year, I hope the Riders do not sign him. Because the last thing we need is in an entire new season of you crotch chopping in everybody's direction with your he I was right. Twice. <laughs> Jeez. But if, hey, fairness, if he, if, if if he fairness, gets another... If he, if it's another signing, there's gonna be an Alex's right shirt. You're gonna be the only one though. The right, uh, Steve's right shirt. Yeah, I, uh, I got my thing. I guess ties. You guys can guess players. That's fine. That's anybody can do that. Go pick a tie. <laughs> pick one that's not between right. Calgary and and Ottawa though. Nobody else ties. <laughs> they don't. It doesn't happen. 
But okay, speaking of Calgary receivers, I've got one on my list. And yes, I understand we 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 are currently kind of flush in the Canadian receiver. I like Luther, and I can never say this name because it's so hard to say. Hakuna Havahu. Hakuna right? I don't know. I will learn to say it. I don't care. Hakuna Vanu. There you go. He's got a great logo. Why? Because I did it. But that's... <laughs> well, it's it's okay. It's all right. But no, like the dude's got a ton of potential. It was a down year for him. It was a down year for all of Calgary's receivers. I think you put him in the right system with the right quarterback. The guy's going to shine. I love the Canadian Air Force era. And I think you got Lenius, KSB, Picton, Hakuna Vanhu. I th- we're set we're set a Canadian receiver. If you want to start three, you can start three at that if, point. Yeah, I was gonna say if they can start three, that's a huge win for the riders. <laughs> I I don't hate that at all, but I think I think Canadian receiver is the last thing this uh this team looks for. I but I wouldn't be mad if they signed him. I, I think he would look pretty good in pretty much any offense. Uh I'm gonna flip back to the defensive side of the ball. And I, I alluded to this last week, and you kind of alluded to it a minute ago, Alex. And yes, it's the big-name signing, but I want it for one very particular reason. And it has to be paired with a rider free agent signing. But I want the riders to sign Sean Oakman and Micah Johnson. Because I don't care what team or who what running back signs anywhere else. Who's going to want to run up the middle on those two guys? Period. Those two guys, and then Lanier on the outside. Lanier's a good run stopper too. No, Oof, I I like that. Right, like that's like I don't I don't think you would see a more menacing defensive line than than those four. Just for fun, sign Matthew Betts too. He's not on my list. He should be. He should be on everybody's list. But put those four. Don't spend money anywhere else. Just spend money on the D line. I forgot he was even a free agent. That's the worst part. Or so he probably would have been on my list. I have him on my short list, but I didn't put him on because the Riders don't have problems finding pass rushers. And the fact that no. he's uh, the best one in the league and he's Canadian, that's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, yeah. So for that reason, I'm out on the bets. But I'm actually surprised that we haven't even talked about what many people deem as the worst part of the Riders roster, and that's still the offensive line. I was looking at it and every single year, especially the last couple of years, we've thrown out names. We want to see this guy sign, this guy sign, this guy sign on the O-line. It never happens. <laughs> I got and... one. I've got one. And I think it's going to, and I, I, for one reason, it's going to drive Bomber fans insane. Winnipeg own Jeff Gray. You know, I was thinking about that. I had that down on my list. I had a, a short list of 10 names. He was on there. I just didn't think he would actually get to free agency. I still think the bombers will resign him, but that would be, that would be huge. I think there's a clear name. I think there's a a clear name for the next guy. It's the guy we've seen before. We've already gotten Philip Blake back. Why not? Why not go out and get uh, Darius Bledek back? Let's just rebuild that 2019 offensive line. See if we That's can somehow shake uh, Dakota Shepley loose. Get get Brandon Labatt out of. Uh, ah, you know what? Uh, Is he still on the suspended list? I I feel like he's still on the <laughs> suspended list. He might be. 
But I, I think Vladek is. is probably not is. an expensive option at this point. I think he would be somebody that could step in and be that fifth, sixth alignment. And I wouldn't hate it. He, he had good connections here in the community. We liked him. We dealt with him with our uh, charity event. Solid dude. He's and a great dude, player. and he has great stories, too. I've got a picture of him and Connor playing uh, football when Connor was out. Was Connor one when we did the last Biffles Bowl? The first Biffles Bowl? Maybe, yeah. yeah. One or two. Like That was a long time ago. Yeah, like... I just want him to tell more draft ace or draft interview stories. I know. Uh, oh, those stories say, were amazing. We're not going to say oh. any of those. Uh, that's his choice to to say them. We won't say them, but they're. We need really we need to get him on the record on those because those are wild. Yeah, yeah the the off the record stuff can be a lot of fun sometimes. All right. Well, we'll see what free agency brings next week. We'll start to hear some of these names, uh, not confirmed, but handshake deals put in place. We'll talk about that next week. As, we will get Alex's tarmac report next week. Yes, the Ed Hervey window uh, will be rolling on. That's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty. We weren't really long on that. Um, yeah, we did. The Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones right now. Um, there's a trade, a huge trade actually, uh, in the CFL between the Argos and the Ticats. Eight players. And so Hamilton got Canadian Jordan Williams. And to me, the big thing about that is the Argos trading away a starting Canadian uh, who they paid a $35,000 bonus to already. So that's on their books. Yeah. Wilder. So they're obviously trying to get money to pay someone else. And I think that's where everyone's like, oh, they're trying to raise money to pay Pickett. Maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, Hamilton gets that. They swap first round picks and whole bunch of other picks as well um the big thing to me so toronto moves up two places in the draft uh they get two third round picks trading away a second and a fourth um they also got a neglist receiver out of this deontay they Burnett. named it they named I him they named i can't believe the it I, I couldn't believe it i'm like there's no way they named the player they named the player that never happened. i don't know if i've ever seen that you hit, we usually you hear, hear about what, it six, six years later that, oh, yeah, that guy was the negligent player you traded away. Well, not even six years later. Like, I remember when Chad Kelly moved in that swap. A bunch of reporters like, yeah, the, the yeah. negligent player is supposedly Chad Kelly. That's the only time. But you never see a team actually name the player. Do it more. That's awesome. I love it. Yes. Do it. Yep. We need to see that more in the CFL. Just Total transparency. That's what the CFL needs to do for everybody. Um, but essentially eight players. You don't see many eight-player trades in the CFL. So pretty cool to to see something that well, big it's, anyway. It's just one player and a bunch of maybes because you don't you don't know yeah. what that's going to be. You never know. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that a lot of uh, people are panicking that this means Simone Lawrence is not going to be with the Thai Cats. He'll still be with them, but it'll take them. They'll round out their roster, and then whatever money they have left, they'll give to Simone, and, and he'll sign with them. Him hitting free agency is going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks in the CFL over the next two weeks. I would love My to see him in part green of the white. offseason. I would love to see him in green and white just to see what happens. Chaos. Chaos. 
on on a level of one to Dwight Anderson, where are we at? We always love oh, Simone well Lawrence. Beyond. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, on, on I, uh, a scale of one, one to Dwight Anderson, where are we? Because well past Dwight Anderson, the hate oh, yeah. for Simone Lawrence yeah. is so far beyond it. But he's the kind of guy if he signs here, fans would love him in a heartbeat. He's such exactly a good my dude. point. Exactly and you can finally, my point. Amazing. Steve, you, you can, can finally race him. him. You don't have to duck him oh. anymore. Look, we'll, we'll get him. He's ducking me. <laughs> I, I showed up at the race at the CFL week. He was nowhere to be found. I won by default. I am faster than Simone Lawrence. The two default, sweetest words default, in the English default, language. Default. Hey, we won a thing? default flag football title. It still counts. Damn straight it does. Um, the quarterback. Yeah. Um, nothing else in the CFL we wanted to discuss this week. And we've been hanging on to this upcoming topic for a while. And I've wanted to do this because it still bothers me to this day. Um, irrational games that make you mad. Um, but Greg, uh, you suggested doing this. If you can go back in time and change the outcome of one game, one router game, outside of the obvious 76 2009 great cups okay great cup games don't count because obviously if you could change the outcome of one game what would it be actually it's not even one game for me it's one play one play. i know where you're going with this yep i i well, yeah because i've made it very obvious 2014 banjo bowl the players heard the damn whistle and Darian duran does not get I, they don't, Bombers don't get a free shot on Darian Durant. Yep. That play changed the trajectory of the team for years. They were probably well on their way to either repeating or at least making the great cup. And then we had a gong show of a quarterback carousel till then. That's when he became, was it moderately successful according to Chris Jones? That game cost a lot of pain for a lot of people and if they would have won if they would have won the great cup that year Corey chamberlain would have had more rope the following season after darian got hurt again if he would have got hurt again you would have had another great cup on the list for the riders instead of the four that we have in 120 years almost just about like it's that that changed the trajectory of this team for many years. I don't think Chris Jones would have been here because, like I said, Corey possible. Chamberlain would have got more rope. Very possible. That one play changed the entire trajectory of the Riders' future, right there. That's and that's still Ben Clark standing there. That 2014 team, that defense was so good, was so good. They were so good, they almost won a playoff game. With Kerry Joseph throwing five interceptions. Yep. Still probably should have won that. Seth Daggy. Seth oh, Daggy. Man. That was an awful offense without Durant. That was oh, like, like they just they had no they, like the the backup they had no backup quarterback. No. Like none. Because they let Drew Willie go to Winnipeg. Yeah. And I don't blame Willie for leaving. No, of course not. He was never gonna start over Durant, especially after no, he won he, a great cup. But yeah, that that one play changed the trajectory yep. of the entire Riders franchise. I I think for me, we're we're gonna step 
forward in time about 15 years. And this one's a two-parter. First, it prevents an absolute travesty from befalling upon the world. And second, we <laughs> will... I know exactly what this is. Cody Fajardo, 2019, doink off the post. I wouldn't even, again, just like you, I would change one play. One play. Kyron Moore catches that ball 100% for yep. a touchdown. 100%. He was wide open. If that ball is at a foot to the left, we are celebrating and COVID never happens because the Blue Bombers never win the Grey Cup. And we are still, to this day, talking about the Bombers' winless streak. November 19th, 2019. No, November 17th. It was 17th. It was my birthday. Yeah. COVID so happened. The second bom- worst bom- thing bom- to happen bom- on bom- November 17th. And I got my dog. That That is the... Three things happened that day. I'm sorry. One was did you good. just... Please do not say dynasty. It was not a dynasty. They lost two cups. I, I used air they quotes. Won. Sorry, I used air they quotes. They were back-to-back champs, and that's all they get. Hey, they won two in three years. If they're a dynasty, so was the 20, 2007 to 2013 rider period. We were in just I mean, as many Grey Cups, won just as many. In, ter- in terms of rider history yeah that, that was a dynasty actually yeah it was <laughs> that, that is the that is the best period the writers have ever had yes and will probably ever have for a while yep. thank you again jim hobson yes um okay i'm gonna go to the day before jim hop or the game before jim hobson uh became president and ceo of the riders the regular season game before let me take you back to october 30th 2004 and a name that I will forever hate. And it's not Duncan O'Manny. I will forever hate that name. And for his field goals in the 2004 West final guy, couldn't kick a 30 yard field goal hits 250 nope. yarders. Absolute garbage. Spurgeon win. Freaking win. <laughs> the riders go to BC place. October 30th, season finale, last game of the regular season. The Riders win that game. We get a home playoff game against Edmonton. BC already had first place locked off. They had nothing to play for. Riders have the lead. I think it was, what, 38-34. Final drive. BC obviously going for the win at the end. Spurgeon friggin' win. Freaking win. Puts up a Hail Mary to, of course, G. Roy Simon, who jumps over Davin Bush. And I think Ladolphius McCallow was there too. But I know it was Davin Bush because I had a Davin Bush, Bush jersey and it never wore it again after that. It was one of the black jerseys too, which they need to bring back. They, they need to get rid of those. But anyways, go on. For lights out game only. Just use it. That That's it. For, for no game. Only. Midnight Green. Midnight Green. Go ahead. G. Roy Simon catches that stupid Hail Mary, screws the Riders mm-hmm. out of a home playoff game. Mm-hmm. The Riders should have had that home game against Edmonton. Yes, they beat Edmonton 14 6 the next week. Corey Holmes had a, a punt return touchdown. I think that was like minus 15 or minus 20 or something. Like it was cold in Edmonton that day. There's 50, 50 plus thousand people at Commonwealth Stadium that day. 
Like that was, I remember watching that on TV. That was wild, but I wanted so bad to go to that playoff game. And it was right there in front of us. And Spurgeon win took that away from me. And to this day, I don't wish bad things upon Spurgeon win. I just don't want him to have the riches in life. Spurgeon win has screwed the riders on many occasions. There's what I call the Spurgeon win rule. When you get down to the backup slash third string quarterback, if they have that, the riders are going to lose that game because. And it's BC's third stringers too. Usually. Yes. Always. Yeah. No, but, but Spurgeon win also uh, beat us as an Argo. Spurgeon win will beat the Riders. That is always like they could bring Spurgeon win out next year and he will beat the Riders. God. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. Oh man, that would totally happen too. I would not put they really would lose to him again. <laughs> I would change the outcome. Say, of that Spurgeon game. freaking win. Spurgeon freaking win. He always knew how to beat the Riders in the most heartbreaking fashion. We would have had our home playoff you know, game three years sooner, and maybe the 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 luster of the 2007 West semifinal um, might have been, you know, taken down a notch. And I don't know, but 2004 with Henry Burris at home, they would have just crushed Edmonton, and then for sure they would have gone in and beat BC again. But Spurgeon win ruined that, and I will never forgive him for it. Could you imagine how different this organization would be if Henry Burris had won a Grey Cup here? Just just think about that for a second. Think about the next decade of Ryder fandom and how much different things would be if we loved him instead of hated him. Because if he won a how cup and then left... fan bases would hate us more? <laughs> Is that possible? Think about if, he, if, if he won one and then left, he would not get booed to the same extent. He would get mm. the Kerry Joseph treatment. I don't know if I go that far. If he if he uh, won if he, and left, Kerry Joseph got traded. He didn't want out. Yeah, he yeah he. That's the difference. Like, I I still remember like we just traded what, <laughs> why. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, that that led Darian to be. Eventually, be our starter. The though. guy, yeah. But yeah, that would have been interesting. Like I said, that yeah. one play in in mind changed the entire trajectory of the entire franchise. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like they say, football is a game of inches, and this proves it. Like we we aren't even talking about games; we're talking about one play that changed everything for all of us. I hate football sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's just the worst. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the ultimate, like, it, I'm going to gush here. It's the ultimate love story. Like, yeah. like you, you remember the losses as much as you remember the wins. Oh, yeah, you, totally. You don't, remember, you don't remember anything in between. <laughs> but the soul, like, I can, I can, 2009, I can, I know where I was. I know who I was with. I can tell you the the names of the bottles on the wall of the bar that I was at when they said there's too many men on the field. Now imagine it being Alex and I, we were there. Yeah. You were there with my wife. I was there with your wife. Yeah. yeah. But same time, 2013, 
I was sitting amongst well, the Ticat fans, and I can probably tell you every player's family I was sitting with. <laughs> and they're, uh, but my favorite part of that was like they're looking at me he's like the t- the guy said they weren't allowed to sell the tickets. I'm like, there's Bursa's wife, there's Kanji. <laughs> yeah oh well maybe next year we'll or next week we'll reminisce on uh happy moments nah these ones are rider fans irrational it's it's (laughs) not what rider defines us yeah it's hurt that defines us happy moments the 2013 great cup done (laughs) and we're done and we're walking away Oh, and uh, the lights out game, and Carrie, uh, Carrie Joseph in the uh, uh, Labor Day, and we're done. Yep, that's that's about it. <laughs> uh, well, we'll leave the show there this week. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to next week because we talked about it. Free agency window opens at Hervey window. Um, the tampering, legal tampering window, um, should get some news. We'll get more re-signings for sure uh, by the team up until then. And then we'll get a real sense of, and to me, that's going to be the culture change uh, with the riders is not necessarily who they keep. It's who they go after. Uh, so I'm really curious to see who, uh, who is high on the Corey Mace, Jeremy O'Day list uh, to bring in and, and help turn things around. I, I'm really interested in the difference between, because last time we did a full rebuild was Chris Jones and he took a ax to everybody. We won free agency that year. You look at who we brought right. in in 2016. Oh, we were excited. Yeah, Man, uh, Justin Tabacotti, great, great signing. Uh, Sean Lemon, great rider. I can't wait to put him in the Plaza of Honor. Who was that running back from Edmonton that he brought over that returned kicks and then got cut like six games in? Kendall Lawrence? That's it. Yeah, he sucked. Wow, I can't believe I pulled that right. <laughs> wow, right on the spot. Yeah, I knew there was someone. Wow. wow. Yeah. Kendall Lawrence. But yeah, I like, don't know why, but yeah, he sucks. Was just <laughs> I don't think you've ever said anything so perfect on this show before. Just magic. But yeah, that's it. No one like free agency. Everyone's like, oh yeah, Ottawa wins free agency every year, apparently, and they still are terrible. But the difference between this regime and what it seems to be a Chris Jones regime. I'm I'm actually excited about this because you know the Chris Jones one it's going to be an axe first year is going to suck and you're going to build. This seems like they're already working their way to building in the first year. And one well, and Corey May said it in his introductory press conference and I I believe it as well. There are some really good pieces on this roster the way that it is. There were really good players in 2023. So they were doing really well till they lost seven games in a row. Yeah, it's right. identifying those players and seeing who wants to stick around. But there is good pieces there. So I think that, they've kept that's the part that people the majority keep forgetting. of who they're going to. That, that's the part that people keep forgetting is we, we were a solid team, and it seemed like the coaching was the problem, that inability to finish the second half of the year. And that problem alone has been fixed, hopefully. We don't know how... Corey Mace will be as a head coach. We can only hope. And like Ted Lasso says, it is the hope that kills you, but it's, it's there. The, the pieces are there. The coaching staff is there. There's that air of positivity that we're not used to, especially over the last two, three years. 
I was going through uh, photos on my phone and I, I saved the video of when uh, Craig Dick Dickinson gave his eulogy uh, to the team. Um, and it just made me mad all over again. And it made me so thankful that the riders got it right here with uh, Corey Mace and just the vast difference that we're going to see in 2024 than what we saw, especially at the end of 2023. This is going to be completely, completely different. And I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk all about that over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to get a real sense of the direction that this team's going to go in. And uh, hopefully we'll see some some great names joining us. But we'll save that for next week. Uh, Piffles Podcast, of course, brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street, Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks, of course, as always, go to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making the show possible. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, and thanks for watching on SaskTel Max TV On Demand. This is Tyler Gilbert with Ghost Behind Your Mind.